In this sermon, we're going to wrap up the Come to the Table series that we've been picking up on and off over the last few months. This series has been focused on some texts in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus shares meals with people, and we're wrapping up with a text from the end of Luke, from the last chapter, from uh, chapter 24, from verses 13 to 35. Let's read the word of the Lord. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of the Lord for us today. This text, this this story gives us a journey in four parts. And so for the sermon today, we're going to work through the four stages of that journey. And for the first stage, we're going to talk about how we lose our way. When I was in middle school, my family and I visited some distant relatives in Toronto, and there was a big get-together at someone's house. I think it was one of my great uncles and great aunts, and people came and people went, and there was talking and talking and talking, and the adults had a wonderful time, but my siblings and I got kind of bored. We didn't know these people, we weren't real engaged in the conversation, and so we were playing around with different things, and after a while we found a bike in the garage, and so we asked if we could fix it up a little bit and take it for a ride. So we did that, and I was the first one to go, and I went out and started pedaling. 
And my great uncle and aunt, they lived in one of those huge subdivisions where there's no straight road in the whole place. It's all curves, and you turn here, and you turn there, and and it was a lot of fun to explore. You go this way, you go that way, you end up circling back around. So I went for a nice long bike ride, and then I thought, yeah, I'm getting kind of tired, I'm getting kind of hungry, I, I should head back. And then I realized that I had no idea what the way back was. And I didn't remember my relative's address. And I didn't even remember the name of the street that they lived on. And so I just started pedaling, and I guessed at a right turn, and I guessed at a left turn, and, and it went on and on and on, and I biked and biked and biked and didn't get there. And I started to have visions of, of having to pedal around the suburbs of Toronto, around this big subdivision for the rest of my life, just pedaling and pedaling and pedaling, disoriented and totally lost. It's hard for us to grasp how disoriented and lost these two disciples feel at the beginning of this story. We've read all the way through to the end, so we know where things are headed and we know how it turns out, but, but at the beginning of these, this story, these, these people are feeling like, like they've hit a dead end, like they don't know where to go. They're on their way from Jerusalem to this obscure village called Emmaus, and on the way, they're, they're debating with each other. They're, they're having an emotional discussion. They're really, really deeply into this conversation, and, and they're talking about how they thought they had the future mapped out. They thought they knew what was coming. They thought they were part of the movement that God was going to use to deliver the nation of Israel, and Jesus was going to be at the head of that. And then... And then he was killed. And now there's some talk that he's back, but that doesn't make any sense. And so these two people are walking along the road and, and they don't know what's next. And they don't know where to go with their lives. And, and they're just disoriented and lost. And then Jesus shows up, but they don't, they don't recognize him. At this stage, they're just, they've just lost their way. Now, for us more often than we would like, and, and for many, many people in the world always, but especially in these days, where we live is in that state of being lost. What do we do in the midst of this pandemic as, as our business is slowly fading away and we wonder how we're going to make it? What do we do now or in other times when when our loved ones or we ourselves get that diagnosis that we feared and never wanted to hear, and yet here it is, clear and undeniable. What do we do when we face this or that difficult circumstance and we feel like, we feel like our faith can't possibly carry us through this time? What do we do when we lose our way? And you know, if you're fortunate enough not to be asking those kinds of questions today, sadly, I can assure you that someday you will be. Someday you will lose your way and find yourself on a dark and uncertain path. And when that happens, what do we do? What do we do when we lose our way? 
And this story of the Emmaus Road, as it continues, the second stage of the journey begins to answer that question for us. And, and in the second stage of this journey, we recognize Jesus through the Word of God. We recognize Jesus through the Bible. In Luke 24, Jesus joins those two disciples on the road, and he asks them what they're talking about. And they're shocked that he doesn't know, and, and they stand there for a minute, but then they tell him, and they're telling him about himself, but they tell him, there was this Jesus we knew, and, and he was going to come, and, and he was going to bring in a new nation, he was going to bring in a new kingdom, and, and he was going to restore everything to how it was supposed to be. And then he was crucified. And then he was buried. And now there's this rumor that he's back, but that doesn't make any sense, and, and we just... We don't know what to make of all of it. And Jesus responds to them first by saying, how foolish you are. What a great line to, to meet a couple people on the road with, right? How foolish you are. And Jesus, he's going to show these guys the right path, but part of what he wants to do is to help them see how they've always had the right path in front of them. They just haven't yet looked at it. And so Jesus continues, how slow you are to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Didn't the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And then Jesus opens up the whole Old Testament to them. He talks about Moses and the prophets, and that's a shorthand way of saying the whole Old Testament. Jesus works them through that whole story, and he shows them how all of that story is really the story of the coming Christ. And he shows them how, how they were expecting a Savior who would come and bring in a political kingdom and, and deliver the nation of Israel from her oppressors. But Jesus shows them how the real story isn't that. But the real story is a Savior who would come and suffer and die, who would be crucified, who would be put in the grave, and then who would come back to life. And who would deliver all the nations of the world from evil. Jesus basically gives these people on the road to Emmaus the best Bible survey, the best Old Testament survey course of all time. Look, he says, it's all pointing to Jesus Christ. Now, if only, if only we could have been there and all been part of that time of Jesus walking through the Bible and showing how it's all about him. If only we could have been there. But the thing is that we can, we can be there. When we pick up and read the Bible, any time that we read the Bible individually or any time that we, that we read it as a church, we step into this stage of that journey on the Emmaus Road. The Gospels, like the passage that we read from Luke, and, and all the other books of the Bible are still telling us this story. They're showing us Jesus and how God is at work through him to save us. Those, those times that we feel desperately lost and empty, those times that we feel like we just, we just can't make it, we just can't take the next step, we don't know where to go, I want to suggest to you that part of the reason that we get there is because we haven't immersed ourselves enough in the scriptures. Sometimes the reason that, that we feel like we're on a dark and winding path and don't know the next step is that we haven't, 
We haven't absorbed the story of the Bible enough. So if you're in one of those times now or the next time you're in, in a place where you've lost your way, then dig deeper into the Bible because that's where we find light for the next stage of the journey. That's, that's an important first step for us, but I want to recognize and I want to I just be honest that when we're in those difficult times, it can sound really kind of harsh and uncaring to tell somebody, well, just read the Bible more. Just get into the Scriptures and God will solve your problems. And, and that's not what I want to say here. That's not the whole picture. It's not as if when we're down, we just need to work ourselves up and work hard enough to read the Scripture so God will finally bless us. That's, that's not how the Christian life works. We do need the Scriptures to show the Lord to us But the Lord doesn't just put the scriptures out there in some emotional or some inaccessible place that when we're down emotionally or mentally or spiritually that we can't get to. The Lord gives us the gift of the scriptures. But that's not all he does. And that that next step that we'll talk about now brings us to the third stage of this journey. And in that third stage, we recognize Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We recognize Jesus through the work of of the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, we move from being lost on the journey to being found in Christ. You may guess from the fact that I'm here today that I did not, in fact, stay lost in the suburbs of Toronto forever. I I kept going around and around and around, and actually, I don't know if I was going around or just taking a long path through all kinds of different roads. But finally, I came to a corner that looked kind of familiar, And I took a turn, and then I saw just down the block the house that my relatives lived at, and our family's van was in front, and and I pulled up, and I put the bike in the garage, and I did my own little happy dance, because I was back. And then I went through the house, I went to the backyard where everyone was talking, and, and my mom looked at me and said, what happened to you? Where did you go? And I told them the story of my great adventure, and And the key when you get lost is to make the story sound like an adventure, not like you did some dumb thing and and got lost and it was not really very smart. And then someone said, yeah, I wondered about that, but but I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you got found. And and then my great aunt brought out coffee and cookies and, and all the things that great aunts bring out. and We had a great feast. That's That's where these stories lead us when we're found. As Jesus and those two people journey along, Jesus opens up the Old Testament to them, but they still aren't seeing it. They're still lost going here and there, and it just isn't clicking for them. But when they get to their destination, they urge Jesus to stay with them, and and he agrees to it. and, And then when the time for the evening meal comes, they sit down together, and then Jesus does something strange. Usually the host, the, the owner of the house or the father of the family would sit at the, at the head of the gathering and he would bless everybody and he would break the food and pass it around. And Jesus puts himself in the place of the host. This guest, this stranger, this man they hardly know puts himself in the place of the host and he gives a blessing and, and he breaks the bread and starts to distribute it. And as he does that, Suddenly their eyes are opened 
And it's not that they open their eyes, it's that their eyes are opened by the work of the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit, and they recognize Jesus. And this is the most profound experience of their lives. And let's take just a moment to envision this scene because because it is a wonderful one and we might just glide past it if we don't stop and think about it. You can imagine you can imagine that moment when the Holy Spirit opens their eyes and and maybe one of them is reaching forward hesitantly as if as if he recognizes the Lord but he's still not quite sure this is real but but he has the beginnings of a smile and then he begins to laugh because this is Jesus and he's back. And another one of them might start to his feet and and not be quite sure whether he's going to jump forward and give Jesus a big hug or or whether he's just going to stand and stare and wonder whether he's going to do a little victory dance where he is. Because this is the risen Lord, joy upon joy, miracle upon miracle, here he is. And at that moment, Jesus disappears. But that doesn't dampen down their Holy Spirit enthusiasm at all. They exclaim to each other, I knew it, I knew it, deep down I knew it. When we were on the road, didn't you feel your heart burning within you? When he opened the scriptures, didn't you just feel your heart being moved? The Lord works on us through his scriptures, but even as he does that, the Lord works in us through his spirit. Even at the darkest parts of our journey, even when we wonder if God is really there, the Lord is always, always at work within His people. Now, just like those disciples, it may take us quite a while to recognize that. We began reading at verse 13 in Luke 24, and it's not until verse 31 that the disciples' eyes are finally open and they can see who they are with. And life can be like that for us. We're going along on this journey and things seem dark and hopeless. And we can't see how the Lord could possibly be at work through these circumstances. Maybe, maybe we've even gone through other hard times in our lives and, and we recognize that God has brought us through those. But how could he bring us through this? But because we belong to Jesus, we can trust that even then the Holy Spirit is at work within us. No matter what our circumstances, the Lord is present with us through the Holy Spirit. Now sometimes, sometimes that is a lot easier to see when we look back over our lives and we can look back at hard times and we can say, you know, really? My heart was burning within me at that point. I didn't recognize it quite at the time, but, but I can see how the Lord was at work. And sometimes the Lord works to change our circumstances. Sometimes He works in hard times to change ourselves. But whether we look back or we look around, even in the dark times, we can see through the work of the Holy Spirit that Jesus, that Jesus' people are always in the presence of the Lord. And so if you can see those moments in the past or you can see how God is at work right now, give thanks to Him. And if you can't, if you just can't see it right now, then ask the Lord to show you. Ask Him to send the Holy Spirit to open your eyes so that you can see Jesus here and now. 
Let's get now to the last stage, the fourth stage of this journey. And that last stage is that we witness to Jesus. After the two disciples have had their first moments of celebration at Jesus' appearance, they get up, they leave their food on the table, they dash out the door, and they go all the way back to Jerusalem. Doesn't matter that it's dark, doesn't matter that it's a dangerous road, they have got to go and share the good news. And they get back to Jerusalem, and and they come to the other people who've been there, the apostles, the other followers of Jesus, and they burst into the room, and the people there say, Jesus is risen, we've... Simon's seen him, and and the two come in, and they say, and we've seen him too. This is what happened. And together they celebrate as they witness to each other that they have seen Jesus. As we reflect on that last stage of their journey, I want to pose a few questions to help us think about how we can witness to Jesus today. How How can each of us tell the story of how Jesus has come to us. And for all of us as God's people, Jesus comes to us through his word, through the Bible. Jesus comes to us through his spirit. But but for each of us, he comes in a way that fits each of us, through those means, but in a way that fits each of us, that's woven into our life story and God's particular providence for each of us. And so as you think about conversations with your, with your family, with your friends, with fellow church members, with co-workers, with neighbors, as you think about all the conversations you might have over the course of this week, think about this. How can you witness to Jesus? How can you give a report of what the Lord has done? How can you celebrate and rejoice that, that you have seen Jesus at work in this way or that way, that the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes so that you can share with others the good news of Jesus Christ who saves us. We as believers, we need to hear each other remark upon. We need to hear each other celebrate how the Lord has worked in us. And for those of us who have have come home to Jesus Christ, really for those of us who have been brought home to Jesus Christ by the Lord, it's easy for us to forget that there are others out there There are others still lost and wandering and making left turns and right turns and going this way and that and and being disoriented and lost and hopeless. Whether people always realize it or not, that is how life always is apart from Christ. And so as we take our Emmaus journeys with the Lord, let's not be selfish with what we see of Him. Let's share, let's witness to Jesus. When we don't know the way, when we don't know the way, we turn to God's word and to his spirit, and the Lord himself opens our eyes and helps us to recognize him, and then we tell others. That's the journey of the Christian life, from being lost, to being found, to being transformed, to being the Lord's witness. Continue on that journey. And always remember, always remember that the Lord is with us through His Word and through His Spirit, guiding us every step of the way. Let's pray. Father, we give You thanks for Your continuing presence in our lives. We're grateful for the work of Jesus, for His death and resurrection. And we're grateful, too, for the continuing work of the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see the Lord. 
Father, we pray that this week you help us. Help us to recognize Jesus, to recognize the Holy Spirit at work in us here and now. And Father, we pray too that you give us opportunities to witness to the reality of your presence. Help us to witness to those who who are part of your family and those who are not yet part of your family that, that Jesus is truly our Lord and Savior who is with us now and always. Amen.